Transform your investment strategy with the MD Platinum Global Private Equity 2023 Trust. This unique offering exclusive to physician families uses non-traditional strategies that allow you to diversify your portfolio and potentially help grow your wealth over the long term. With access to institutional level private equity opportunities, this solution could be what you need to help you meet your financial goals. Learn more about this limited time opportunity at mb.ca slash private equity. Welcome to another episode of the MD Market Watch podcast. I'm your host, Alex Chung, content manager with MD Financial Management. For this episode, Edward Golding, assistant VP and portfolio manager, came in to talk private equity. It's an asset class that isn't talked about as frequently in the mainstream media, but as an alternative asset class, it presents many interesting opportunities. In this episode, we quickly reviewed private equity basics, how the asset class has been impacted by the pandemic, and how the MD Platinum Global Private Equity Pool has fared, and more. Please enjoy. Welcome back, Ed. Thanks again for joining. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me again, Alex. Very glad to be here. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of this topic, I know it's a little bit more complicated. This podcast might actually be the first exposure to private equity for some of our listeners. Do you mind giving us a quick crash course in private equity, You know what it is, how it works, and, and the merits to investors? Sure, Alex. Private equity is ownership or interest in an entity that is not publicly listed or traded. A source of investment capital, private equity comes from investors and firms that purchase stakes in private companies or acquire control of public companies with plans to take them private eventually delisting them from stock exchanges. Most investors are more aware of public equities. Generally, public equity investments have lower risk due to lower debt levels compared to private equity. They are also more readily available for all types of investors due to its liquidity, as most publicly traded stocks are available and easily traded daily through public market exchanges. An example of this would be RBC, which their shares can be easily purchased on the Toronto Stock Exchange. There are several merits, Alex, to investing in private equity. First, I would note that private equity is focused on long-term value creation, giving investors the opportunity to achieve superior returns. Second, private equity does have a lower correlation to other asset classes, which contributes to lowering the overall risk to a portfolio when included. And third, private equity is not subject to daily price fluctuations and can focus on strategies that drive growth without the pressures of being a publicly listed company. That's very interesting. Now, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We know how equities and fixed income have pretty much fared. You know, we talk about them quite a bit in our blog posts and other episodes of the podcast. How have things played out for private equity? That's a great question, Alex. We are inundated with news about the impact on public equities from the ongoing pandemic. However, getting clear data on the impact on private equity is a bit more difficult. However, we can make some inferences from the impact of previous economic shocks on private equity. If we look back at the global financial crisis from 2008-2009, it can provide us some insight on the expected impact from the pandemic. So first, let's start with deal activity. Deal making fell off sharply when the global financial crisis hit in 2008, and we expect this has occurred during the current crisis. Most private equity investors have shifted from trying to make a new deal to diagnosing the challenges of their current portfolio companies. And sellers have been reluctant to part with assets given this initial steep drop in equity values. The combination of these two factors are going to have a significant impact on deals being completed. Next, let's look at credit markets. Most private equity transactions involve a significant portion of debt to finalize the transaction. Equity investors will generally put up a portion of the purchase price that is less than half the total purchase price and the remainder of the deal needs to be financed with debt. Since the pandemic hit in February, lenders have become more reluctant to lend and are working with existing borrowers to avoid a default. 
While the risk is abating, underwriting scrutiny from lenders has increased dramatically. The past several years of easy money and covenant light deals for private equity investors is reversing. In 2019, about three quarters of all deals were financed with debt that exceeded six times a profit term we call EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. As deals at those multiples compress, buyers will have to contribute more equity to get deals done in the near term. With respect to exit activity, it is inevitable that the number of exits will drop as well. This means that owners of a business will have to extend their holding period and potentially develop new strategies to deal with the new reality. However, public markets have recovered most of the losses earlier this year, and this could lead to a faster rebound in exit than what was experienced post the global financial crisis. Now, that's in regular equity markets and fixed income. We've seen a lot of different opportunities pop up and then areas of weakness. Are there new opportunities or spots of weakness in private equity as a result? Like public markets, private equity uh, returns have taken a hit in the first quarter. There's no doubt about that. You know, as owners of private equity businesses mark down their portfolios in step with the drop in public market valuations. We are still uncertain of the longer-term impact on private equity performance as future path of lockdown restrictions are not known at this time. Uh, However, judging by the remarkable recovery in public equity and bond markets, we anticipate private equity valuations will mirror public markets and rebound materially in the second half of 2020. Even with the expected rebound, some pockets of weakness could persist in the travel and leisure sector. So you think of uh, hotels, for example, the aircraft industry, obviously not a lot of people are flying these days and possibly the industrial sector, which could experience disruptions to their supply chains. The global financial crisis was quite detrimental to private equity performance for investors who invested before the crisis hit. However, investors who stayed the course and did not lower their allocation to private equity were rewarded significantly the following decade, as PE returns generated were superior to most other asset classes. The recession generated from the pandemic appears to be different And with public markets rallying so strong from the March 23 lows, it may be more challenging to find bargains as few investors were willing to sell during the downturn. And valuations are expected to rebound to pre-crisis level within just six months. Now, of course, at MD, we have the MD Platinum Global Private Equity Pool. Let's talk performance. How have things gone in the pool? That's a good segue, Alex. As a reminder, the MD Platinum Global Private Equity Pool began investing in August of 2018. So we are now two years into the investment period, and the investment period is expected to last another year to year and a half. As of June 30th, the MD Platinum Global Private Equity Pool has committed approximately 65% of our clients' capital and invested approximately 25%. The 25% invested is important as it illustrates that 75% of our clients' capital is still to be invested, which could provide a buying opportunity in a period of uncertainty. Of the 65% of the pool that has been committed, About half of that is invested in the U.S., the other half split between Europe and Asia Pacific. From a sector perspective, IT and industrials are the sectors that have the highest allocation. Since inception through to the end of March 2020, the pool has generated a net internal rate of return of 6.04% and a net multiple of capital of 1.06 times, and that is in U.S. dollars. We are very pleased with the progress of the pool since inception and are confident in generating superior returns relative to public market equivalents over the life of the pool. The impact of the pandemic was felt within our MD Platinum Global Private Equity Pool, just like any other MD pool was impacted as well. With only 11% of the primary funds invested so far, the impact of the pandemic on those investments has been quite muted. The co-investments in Q1 were marked down about 10% compared to the end of 2019, 
which is only about half of the decline of the MSCI World Index, which was down about 20% over that same time period. The reason behind the lower decline in the value of the companies within our pool compared to the MSCI World Index are twofold. One, private equity companies are valued on a quarterly basis and therefore are not subject to the inherent volatility of a public exchange. And two, I think it speaks to the higher quality of the pool's companies with investments in quality IT, insurance, and healthcare companies. While we are pleased with the downside protection of our portfolio companies through the pandemic in the first quarter, there are two companies we are closely monitoring. The first is an investment in a company called Envision Healthcare Services, which is a provider of outsourced physician services and ambulatory surgical centers. The investment has been negatively impacted from the pandemic as all elective surgeries had to be canceled and the surgical centers do account for approximately about one-third of the company's EBITDA. This has had a significant impact on cash flow, and since the deal was heavily levered at inception, the company's ability to meet debt payments has come under scrutiny. The sponsor on the deal is working with lenders and additional investors for further capital injections to ensure the viability of the company long-term. The second investment is a company named Venture Metals, The company provides industrial recycling services and specializes in buying, designing, and processing industrial scrap and obsolete metals. The investment has been negatively impacted due to the large decline in industrial production and low demand for recycled scrap metals. The deal was struck at a low multiple of EBITDA, so debt service is more a factor of declining cash flows than burdensome debt levels. And with the rebound in economic activity in the third quarter, we remain confident in the long-term thesis for the company. It should be noted that both investments, however, account for less than 2% of the pool's invested capital and is not expected to drag materially on long-run performance. Thanks for those examples, Ed. So with private equity, analysis and due diligence is obviously very important when it comes to identifying good investment opportunities. You can imagine now how pandemic-related restrictions has made this significantly more difficult. What are some of the adjustments that we've had to make? That's a great question, Alex. I want to assure our clients that our sub-advisor BlackRock Private Equity Partners will continue to adhere to its philosophy and process, which has served them and their clients well for over two decades now. In my discussions with BlackRock, they have identified and are employing some enhanced monitoring practices, such as reforecasting financial projections for all portfolio companies and stress testing covenant compliance, refinancing risk, and liquidity. They are launching Portfolio Company Outlook Monitor for each investment and monitor the bonds and loans trading to assess how debt markets are perceiving the company. BlackRock is also opportunistically assessing debt purchases where markets have traded down in lockstep without differentiation of asset quality. And finally, they are assessing hedging programs and seeking opportunities to extend with respect to currencies, energy prices, and interest rates. Lastly, I just want to reiterate that our client's investment in private equity is receiving the highest degree of oversight from BlackRock and MD, And we are very pleased with the investment pace to date and with the performance two years in. As a reminder, the pool has a 10-year lifespan, so it remains early days, and we are excited about the future returns of this innovative investment vehicle. Well, thanks, Ed. Uh, That was very comprehensive, and it's always interesting to hear about uh, alternative investments that we're leading the way on. Before we sign off, I wanted to thank you again for joining us today. We really appreciate you. Thanks, Alex. It's a pleasure to be able to join you and record the podcast. For our listeners, if you have any questions about what we spoke about here today, questions about your portfolio, please don't be shy and reach out to your MD advisor. Whether you're a client or not, we are here to help. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe through your favorite podcast provider and check out other market commentary content available on md.ca. You'll find blog posts, videos, and much more.
Last but not least, thank you again to all the doctors, healthcare, professionals, and other essential services workers out there for taking care of us at this time. Bye, everybody. Bye.